welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. I hope you had a blessed week. Man, I'll be honest with you. This week was rough for me. Can I just be honest? It was, it, it was, it was one of those weeks that I never want to have again. Um, I won't give you all the details, but it, it felt like there was just one thing after another, one thing after another. I felt like I couldn't catch a break. And I don't know how many of you, like when, whenever you're in situations where things just aren't going your way, and then one more thing happens, uh, you, just, you just start to just laugh at your situation. Some people cry. Some people break down. I laugh because I, I feel like, man, okay, God, this is all you. You're just being humorous now. You're just, you're just trying to poke at me. And, you know, the, sure enough, this, this week, um, I was on my way home, and this was, this, was, this was early on in the week, too. This was like Wednesday. After, you know, just having a rough day after day and thing after thing, I get pulled over. That was, my, that was on me, though, right? Like, I can't, I can't be too mad about that one. Uh, Brother Pablo, maybe you can fix my citation later. Uh, we'll, we'll see, I'll see you after church. Uh, <laughs> but I got pulled over, and I remember pulling in. It was a CVS, and the cop was there. And I just started laughing, just started cracking up. And I, if, if the cop would have seen me, he probably thought I was like some psycho criminal gets a thrill out of breaking the law. But I just, I was like, man, I just, I couldn't help it. I was so frustrated, just started laughing at my situation. I remember talking to God um, after that. I said, God, I know that there are a myriad of things that I can complain about right now, but, but you alone are the source of my joy. That supersedes any complaint, any struggle, every, everything that can happen to get me upset. You alone are enough for me to keep on having joy. And that's what happens when you plant your feet on solid ground. You cannot be easily shaken. Amen, church? And so I just want to remind you of that when you live your life in the joy of the Lord, there's nothing that can take that joy away. You'll still get upset. You'll still go through all these different emotions and get sad and frustrated and, you know, get hangry as some of y'all get. Uh, but God is enough. Amen. And I just want to remind you of that. I also want to remind you of our new uh, series called Member, which we're going to be starting next week. It's a very simple, uh, fundamental teaching that goes through our responsibility as believers uh, to the body of Christ as well as to the local church. So please be here for that, especially if you're a member of this house uh, join us for, for this series. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2. We're reading verses 20 and 21. And uh, today at the end of, of service, we're going to be announcing some, uh, some new leadership that's, that's kind of been in the, in the works for, for the past several months. And I, in doing so, I wanted my message to kind of reflect the occasion. So I immediately went to Paul's letter to Timothy, and there was so much content there that I could have gone over, but I ran across this, this passage that I felt was kind of underrated, and it's kind of like an underdog in Scripture. We don't, we don't, we don't see this one uh, very often, um, but it, it's so good, and it's very appropriate to all believers. So if you have it, say amen. amen. And it says this, Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood in clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful. That's a key word this morning, useful 
to the master of the house ready for every good work. Amen. I love this passage because, you know, in the text before it, Paul is laying out all the qualifications. If you read, if you know anything about the, the letter to, uh, to Timothy, Paul's laying out all these qualifications for, for overseers and pastors and deacons and teachers and people who work in the church. And he's talking about how the people who work in the church, they need to be above reproach. They need to be above a certain standard, right? Many of them have to be mature in the faith. Many of them need to know how to edify one another. People who aren't caught up in all kinds of church drama and this person doesn't like that person and that person doesn't like this person. Uh, people who aren't a part of wrong type of speech and gossip. And, 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 and so those are the qualities of, of these church leaders. And then he gets here in this passage that we just read and he makes a declaration of inclusivity. So he's not just talking about pastors here. He's not just talking about deacons and teachers. He's, he's saying to, to Timothy, open your eyes to see the usefulness of what you have when cleansed from dishonorable things. He says, in a great house, there's more than just gold and silver. And I want you to kind of just think about that for a minute. In a great house, there is more than just gold and silver. You know, when we talk about leadership uh, I think we need to understand what we really mean by leadership. We need to understand what it truly means. When you think about a leader, you might, your, your mind might go to a leadership position. Maybe you think about politicians or managers or CEOs or maybe a coach or a director, maybe a pastor. And th- those are leadership positions. But, but a position, church, doesn't make a leader. Rather, a leader makes a position better. Scripture, if you look through Scripture, it also doesn't use the term leader very often. In fact, the other day I was going, um, I was studying uh, in one of my concordances, and, and I noticed that the word leader wasn't even in my concordance. You know what was there, though? Servant. Servant was there all over the Scriptures. Uh, serve was all over the Scriptures. Lead wasn't even in the concordance. And, you know, I heard someone say once, why do Christians have so many leadership conferences and never any servant conferences? But, but when you understand, when you understand that the two are one of the same, it begins to make sense. We know that Jesus even says of himself, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Amen. And when you get to heaven, you're not going to expect the father to say to you, well done, good and faithful leader. Good done, well done, good and faithful pastor. Good and faithful uh, uh, CEO or manager. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Very humbling. We have to realize that leadership, it, it's not about glory and power. It's about directing all that glory and power to the one who deserves it. The father, our master. So the main quality of a great leader, church, is not one who can delegate tasks or force uh, vision upon other people. Uh, all of those are, are, are good things. You want to be able to impart vision. You want to be able to, to lead. But the main quality of a great leader is, is based on their ability to serve, especially in the kingdom of God. Leadership requires your ability to serve. So many times what happens is that we look for the people with the best skills, right? Let's be honest. That, that, that's, 
That's how corporate America does it. We look for the, for, for the, the people who have the most experience, the highest degrees, the most talent, because those are the people that we think would be the greatest leaders. In other words, to use Paul's metaphor, we only look for the people who, have, who are gold or silver. We only look for gold and silver while bypassing perfectly capable wood and clay. And so maybe you've even said of yourself, man, I don't have anything to offer. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to play an instrument. I don't know how to teach. I don't know how to prepare a sermon. I don't have any amazing ideas that anyone's even going to want to listen to. And for some reason, we equate certain things and, and certain talents and, and skills with gold and silver. And if it's not that, we think it's useless. But Paul says, one more time, in a great house, someone say that with me, in a great house, in a great house, there is not just gold or silver, but wood and clay. You'd think that the best house would be made up of nothing but gold, but that's not the case. I've been listening to a, to a podcast lately, and uh, it's, on, it's on economics, kind of random. Uh, I, I barely passed my economics class in college, so I thought it would be good to get some practical um, education on it. And so I, I was listening to this podcast, and one of the episodes was, was on the value of money. I want, I want you to stay with me, because this might get a little boring uh, for the next 30 seconds. But uh, he was talking about the value of money, and how money, our money, our dollar bills, they used to be backed by gold, right? But back in the 70s, under President Nixon, we stopped using the gold standard. That led me to another question. What, and, and I didn't get this from the podcast, this, I had to kind of research this a little bit, but I wondered, what, what, what gives gold its value? What gives gold its value? Maybe you've heard the term uh, uh, fiat money before, right? Which is basically what our, our, our paper money is. It, it doesn't have any intrinsic value. There's no, it's not really worth anything. The only reason it's valuable is because the government, therefore the economy, says it's valuable. Again, I hope I'm not boring you. But that led me to think, well, okay, well, what gives gold its intrinsic value? Short answer, it doesn't have any. It doesn't have any. Gold and silver became valuable because of their rarity and their ability uh, to not corrode as well as their beautiful shiny color. But even then, there are metals like platinum and, and palladium that are much more rare than both silver and gold. So why weren't they candidates? Well, because they were too rare. There wouldn't have been enough uh, coins to, to, to be made to circulate in the economy. So because of those reasons, gold and silver were the winners. And so you realize there's really nothing there that gives intrinsic value to these metals. They're just, they're just elements like all the rest. And so now when we talk about people, those you thought were gold and silver are not more valuable than anyone else. Why? Because our intrinsic value doesn't come from what people think about us. Our intrinsic value comes what God says about us. The, the very fact that God created us, that gives us value because God is above everything else in the entire universe and he made you. That makes you valuable. That makes you precious. We've just become so accustomed to certain things that make us perceive them as more valuable than others. But our value comes from God. And our usefulness, church, comes from our willingness to be used. You have value. 
Don't think that you don't. So maybe you think, well, I, I, I can't be used for anything because I don't have value. Well, you do have value because God created you. Now the question is, do you have usefulness? And you can only answer that question. If you're willing to be used, God will use you. Because God places value on you as his child. Don't ever think that because you know, you're behind the scenes or because you're outside of the spotlight or because you don't have the greatest ideas means that you don't have anything to offer because you do. And scripture is calling us to rethink the finest qualities of leadership. It's not, it's not about being what people perceive as more valuable. It's about who's willing to serve and lead others to serve. We need a generation of servant leaders, church. Servant leaders. That, that's what Jesus was. That's what, that's what the apostles became. A servant leader, by my definition, is someone who leads people to serve others. Someone who leads people to serve others. Is that not what the, ch- the church is called to be? Seriously. The problem is, the, these days, we, we have... We have more of a, a consumerist mentality. We have more consumers than workers. A lot of Christians, not every Christian, but a lot of Christians want more than they're willing to give. They'd rather be, they'd rather be served by the leaders. Entertain me, pastor. Entertain, give me a good story. Give me some good illustrations. Otherwise, I ain't coming back next week. Sing the right songs, praise and worship team. Because if you start singing a bunch of songs, I don't know. I'm going to go somewhere else. Have the right programs, church leadership, or else I'm going to take my attendance somewhere else. It's like, it's like we treat church like a business. Like if you're not offering the right thing, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And that's, unfortunately, that is, that is what's become of, of mainstream Christian America. But Paul is saying a great house employs everyone. Everyone. We need to go from good to great church. And, and everyone who works together as one body, serving one another, I know for a fact that they will become a great house. And I'll tell you, let me tell you why, why serving is so important when it comes to leading. You know, I was thinking about this. The, the, main, the main thing that I would say that kind of gave me a, an edge, if you will, to, to become the next pastor of this church, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't education, it wasn't experience, it wasn't any type of skill, it wasn't the fact that I knew how to, you know, I know how to play an instrument. It's, it's, the main thing was that I learned how to serve. That's it. I learned how to serve. And a pastor, a, a person, not, not just pastors, but a person who has never learned how to serve will make a terrible leader. You have to realize that. That's why if you look in, in scriptures, so many kings they became corrupt because they never learned the value of serving anyone else. They were born into royalty and they had everything given to them. But what about David? David, arguably the best king to have ever led God's people. He was a shepherd tending his father's sheep before he even thought about becoming king. And I still remember, I still remember our church uh, more, than, more than 15 years ago. We didn't have any musicians. Maybe, maybe on Sundays we had, uh, we had some musicians on Sundays. But I remember our youth nights. We would have youth night every Friday. And there was a point where we didn't have any musicians. No one. And I, I, I remember 
the, the youth pastor at the time, Pastor Mario, um, he would kind of assume both roles as, as youth pastor and, and worship leader. And he'd get up here on stage and he'd start the service and, and he'd sing a cappella with like Maritza and, and Susie. <laughs> they, man, they're, they're vets. They're veterans of this church. They know how to serve. And, and I, I remember being 11 years old. I remember sitting over there in the corner thinking to myself, this is kind of sad. And I was just, I mean, I, I didn't tell anybody that because you don't say that, right? But um, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, if I were to invite my friends to come here to church, they're going to walk out the door. This is kind of sad. And so I remember I started, I, I started taking piano lessons because I was like, you know, I'm going to learn how to play. Maybe I'll help out a little here and there. And then eventually I, 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 I started uh, leading worship. And during those times, man, there were so many times where I felt used and abused. No lie. My parents would sign me up for everything all the time without asking me. And I'd sing for people's weddings and, and funerals of people that I didn't even know. <laughs> and then when I became homeschooled, it was like, man, we can use Ryan all year round now. It was like the biggest blessing to them. <laughs> and I, I remember setting up chairs, setting up tables for all these types of events by myself, cleaning up messes by myself. And then for some reason, I decided to become a youth pastor. And I remember the same, going through the same cycle as, as my Pastor Mario. I remember preaching, leading worship, opening service, closing service, uh, picking up offering. I'd have team meetings by myself. That's how lonely it was. But, but I say all this because I learned how to serve in the kingdom of God. I, I really did. And I still have this memory that I'll probably never forget. Um, this is back when we had our, our band, the, the JRC band. And we were, yeah, good days. The glory days. Uh, we were playing our first major event. It was a youth convention in front of, you know, a few thousand people. And for me, it was like, man, this is our breakthrough, right? And um, looking back, it wasn't a huge deal. But back then, it, it kind of was. And I remember playing our, our first set. And then they escorted us to, to a green room. They, they, they had a, a green room that they prepared uh, for the band. And, you know, they had all kinds of, they had drinks, uh, Christian drinks and uh, assorted cheese and, and like meatballs and chips and all, all these random things. And we were even assigned a, like a personal runner, someone who would go, he'd stand outside the door and, you know, we, we would knock and he'd be like, yes, do you need anything? And he'd go and, and, and get stuff. And I, I remember feeling guilty. Like, this is... I felt like I was sinning because I was, I was being served for once. And I remember telling the guy, I was like, shouldn't, shouldn't I be inside just in case the, you know, the speaker needs me? And he was like, oh, no, we'll call you. But my point is, my ability to serve people served as, my, as the main ingredient to becoming a leader. And I look at, at people here and, and, and how far we've come, man. We've come a long way. From 15 years ago. We have people who know how to serve. They're the first ones here. They're the last ones to leave. Man, I, one, one person that comes to mind is George. Where's George? He's somewhere around. He's probably serving somewhere. <laughs> I, told, I told George the other day. He, he, brought, he got us like a bunch of coffee. Like just random. He, 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 and he did it like on Uber Eats. And I was like, George, never get married, bro. Because you're going to get married and you're going to stop serving here. I mean, George, like, he's, like, he's like a spider, man. He's got like eight 
they have eight hands, like eight legs, right? He's, he's here, here, and here. I mean, he does everything. He knows how to serve. Danny was here last, uh, yesterday for like 12, 13 hours because, and because there was an event here and, 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 and he was here and he was helping them and he missed one of our church functions that we had, our family fun day, which we won, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but we have people here who know how to serve. <laughs> we have people who know how to serve. And it's not just in church, it's in, it's in life. We have people who know how to serve in life. I, I want to brag on my boy Juan right here because Juan, this, this week... Um, you know, we, we, uh, we're getting some things ready for this house that we, we flipped and, and it, it was raining. So he took the day off and he knew that I needed, we needed some soil to fill a hole in the backyard. And, uh, so he, he came and he dropped it off and he probably thought he was just going to drop it off. He ended up staying for eight or nine hours. And, and I, I, I told him, I was like, bro, you don't have to do any of this. You can leave. Don't feel obligated. You can leave at any point. And he said something then that Honestly, kind of made me want to cry, bro. I didn't want to cry because we're in front of a bunch of guys with like work boots and it would have been embarrassing. But, but he said, he said, pastor, I just want to serve. Pastor, I just want to serve. The people who serve church, the ones who are willing to be used, no matter what they bring to the table, as long as it's honorable, as the passage says, they are useful. You are useful to the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter if you shine like gold or you're rare like platinum or you're as resourceful as wood. The only thing that makes you valuable is your willingness to serve a purpose in the kingdom of God. And if you are, that makes a great quality for a leader. I count you all as leaders. Now I want to wrap up. And I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to have Will to come up. And I wanted to be a little bit shorter this morning because I, I want to make some time for us to just introduce this new structure. But I'm going to ask you to stand and, and um, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes this morning. And we're going to respond to this, this call, this awakening, this, this, this redefining of leadership. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes this morning. And I want to make a very just, just special prayer this morning. If you say, God, I want to be used to my capacity, whatever that might be. I don't know what I have to give. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much. I don't know how valuable people would perceive what I can bring to the table. But I know that you count it as valuable. And I know that your kingdom can use it, my God. And if that's you this morning, I want you just to to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I am your child, created in your image, and that gives me value. And I thank you for saving someone like me. I thank you for loving me And today, my God, I want to say yes to whatever it is you're calling me to. I am willing. I am willing to take the stage. I am willing to take the backstage. I am willing to clean. I am willing to serve. 
because this is your kingdom and I am saying yes to you I thank you Jesus Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.